Welcome to By the Ghost Slate, where we take the national theater news and we're going to give it to you rapid fire as quickly as we possibly, possibly can, because there's so very much to get through. I'm Ryan. There's so much. I'm Cassie, and I am inundated with Broadway news right now. But there's really only one thing that matters, and we're going to start with that, because she'll do all she can for the love of one man and for millions who love from afar. I'm what you've been needing. It's all here and my heart's pleading. Let me be your smash star. Let's go. Smash to Broadway. Finally. Finally. This is all I care about in life. Nothing else matters. I have um, a bit of an embarrassing confession. How few episodes of this have you seen, Cassie? I haven't seen any. You haven't seen any? And it's it's not for lack of desire it's for lack of it being on any platform that i have access to this is fair about every i don't know couple of months a a song or uh or something from that show will pop up on something i'm listening to and i'll go i need to watch that again oh i need this oh i need this cassie we're gonna get it eventually probably we're pretty sure it's not it's streaming on roku cool that's it that's that's the only that, place i don't want to get roku just to watch Smash. i don't want to get roku either i will maybe <laughs> maybe i can just actually you know what maybe maybe i can get on amazon or ebay or somewhere and i'll just buy the box set of dvds of smash that has oh, to exist how old school it does you can buy the seasons on amazon prime see that's fine that's fine. It is worth it. Okay. It is worth it. Kind of, sort of, maybe most of it. Kind of, sort of. Listen, I'm aware of it, and I've seen clips of it, and I know the people who are in it, and I'm on board. But it it just needs to come to a streaming service that I already pay for. Because there's like seven of them. So, like, pick one. I think I have some, like, most of them at this point. But, Cassie, are you telling me, you're going to sit here and tell me and the world that you have seen more Glee than Smash? Embarrassingly, yes. Okay. All right. Stated for the record. All right. Smash is setting its sights on Broadway with an award winning creative team. It was announced today by. Robert Greenblatt, Neil Marone, and Steven Spielberg, who will serve as lead producers. Uh, it is slated for the 24-25 season uh, to be directed by Susan Stroman. Yeah, okay. With a score by Shaman and Whitman, uh, who did Some Like It Hot, Hairspray, uh, Mary Poppins Returns, and they are the team that wrote for the show. Um, so that means they can reuse all that music, which is good. They did say they will be writing additional new material. And the book will be written, uh, co-written, rather, by Tony winner Bob Martin uh, from The Prom and Drowsy Chaperone. And Tony nominee Rick Elise, Jersey Boys, and Peter and the Starcatcher. I mean, listen, you get Rick Elise involved on a project, and I'm already interested, so. And the Emmy-winning choreographer Josh Burgas, who was from the TV show, will also choreograph. Uh, the show ended in 2012, so this is 11 years later, so... I would be surprised to see any of the actors reprise the roles too much. Um, but we can always get Bernadette. Yeah, I'll go along with that. So we'll, so we'll see. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what we're doing with this and uh, who they get 
uh, attached to it, but this is a full creative team from the jump trying to recapture that magic, and uh, we'll see... We'll see where this goes. I wouldn't be surprised if we get an announcement of out of tra- out of town tryouts first for this somewhere because there's a lot of material to work through and it has to be down- condensed down to two hours. So that's fine. Uh, we don't need big, huge, giant musicals all the time, but we did get previews and photos for a big, giant musical that I don't really care about and I'm wondering if you do. See, okay. I'm going to take our segue in a slightly different direction because you Do said that. that all you care about is Smash the Musical. The only Broadway news I care about that came out today is the fact that Paolo Montalban has joined the cast of the new Descendants movie to play Prince Charming opposite Brandy Cinderella. Because why not? What else oh, are they doing? I'm so... I've never seen a Descendants movie in my life. Now we got to watch all of them. And now I'm going to have to because Paolo and Brandy are my prince and Cinderella. Always and forever. It's real good. And I'm so glad that they did this. I want to know how much money Disney threw at them to make this happen. Because oh. this is a whole thing. Well, they did a so they did a, a uh, special a few years ago, a reunion special for the 1997 Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella movie on Disney. And... Just listening to everybody in that cast talk about the experience, like they all loved it so much. And it was so groundbreaking for everybody that I don't feel like it took a lot of arm twisting to get these two to come back and do this. Probably not. Uh, I do need to correct myself because this is not Descendants 3. That already happened. This is Descendants The Rise of Red, which will take place in the Descendants verse. And some characters will return, but it will be a lot of new characters, it looks like. Um, so we'll see how this goes. I think, Cassie, uh, I think I think maybe we just have to watch the Descendants films for Patreon now. <laughs> we might have to. We might have to. That sounds like a good time. I'm not going to lie. Only if we then follow it up with the 1997 Brandy and Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella. Absolutely. I think I've seen that. Probably twice. Um, it if is. I'm honest. Probably twice. It's basically perfect. Okay. All right. um, it's practically I, perfect. It's practically perfect in every way. I love it deeply. It's got Victor Garber and Whoopi Goldberg as the king and queen. How can you not, right? And Jason Alexander is like the prince's valet. And Bernadette Peters as a stepmother. Right. Is Bernadette just in everything? Yes. Like, is, okay. She just says yes. Okay. Yes. And of course, Whitney Houston, the incomparable. Yes. The incomparable. Whitney Houston produced it, created it, was the reason it existed, and played the fairy godmother. It's just phenomenal. I'm so excited. So, the show that I was trying to segue to mm-hmm. that I don't care about much. Right. But you probably do. Do I? I don't know. We have photos from previews of Camelot. I have a not zero interest in this production of Camelot. And okay. that is that is due to the cast. Philippa Sue's real good. Philippa Sue is real good. And it is due to the fact that they have done a lot of reworking of the script for this mm-hmm. production. 
And one of the people who's been reworking the script is Aaron Sorkin. So it's got to be at least good. And listeners of this podcast may not know this about me, but I am a massive Aaron Sorkin fan. There you go. And Guy knows what he's doing. He knows how to write stories. He knows how to write them for the stage. And so that has me like not uninterested. Not uninterested. In this version of Camelot. I'm not going to drop everything and go to New York to see it. In any other year, this would probably have a decent shot at a revival Tony. Um, But this year we're going to have... Parade and Sweeney. Mm-hmm. So Camelot is a distant third behind those two. So it's kind of unfortunate for them, I I, I feel, because they put so much work and time into this and trying to find the right time to bring this show back. And it feels like it's the show that's been talked about and talked about and talked about and just never done and never done. And then they finally did it. Sorry, Sweeney and Parade are happening. Yeah. They do, however, have a 30-piece orchestra. They have more people in the pit than on the stage. <laughs> I love that. It's a pretty good uh pretty good ratio. The the photos look good. They're full period. It's very immersive. The uh, it's projections like I I'm sure they can do a lot with uh projections there, but you know, it's it's Camelot. Like it is what it is and then anytime somebody talks about it or I listen to it or everything, I just get like, partway through it. I'm like or we could do the funny version. <laughs> Because spam a lot is a thing. Spam a lot exists, yeah. It absolutely exists. And part of me will forever be a teenage boy, so. Also, I was just scrolling through this and Andrew Lloyd Webber just celebrated a birthday. And if you had asked me to guess how old this man was, I would have been wrong. I would have been wildly wrong. 74. He's 75. And I would have pegged him at a lot older than that. No, he's got enough money. Doesn't he share a birthday with Sondheim, or did? I uh, I did see their names linked together. They were at well, least close. See, now I don't know which direction to segue us in, Ryan, because you have mentioned in the past, like, two minutes, you've mentioned Parade. Yep. You've mentioned Sondheim. Mm-hmm. And you've mentioned Sweeney. And I have things to talk about related to all three of those. Well, let's talk about Sondheim. Let's talk about Sondheim. That's fine. We can we can uh, talk about Sondheim. What do you want to say about Sondheim? He he is still uh, no longer with us. He unfortunately he has unfortunately not still not returned. Um, if anyone could do it, we know we knew that when he passed away at the age of ninety one, he had still been working, composing, mm-hmm. and working on a musical, and that musical, his final musical, is coming to Broadway. Yes, it is. And it is called Here We Are. And I know nothing about it beyond that, except that it's the last Sondheim show. And so I'm excited to learn more. The book is by Tony Award nominee David Ives and is uh, inspired by two films, uh, The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie and The Exterminating Angel by Louis Bonnell. Um, Direction by Joe Mantello, produced by Gillian Robbins, John Johnson, Sue Wagner, um, it's going to be a strictly limited engagement at the Sheds Griffin Theater. Um, this feels like something they had to do, and I'm glad yes. they're doing it. And they're going to do it with such care because they have to. They are. And I just, I really want people to go into this remembering that this was likely an incomplete 
work mm-hmm. when Sondheim yep. passed away. And so Likely. obviously if he'd had the chance to complete it, it would be different than what it is people are going to see. Because that means that either – what it means is that somebody would have had to go in and complete the work for Sondheim. He didn't get the chance yeah. to polish it and finish it. Yeah. Um, and so that's just something to keep. It's kind of like mind. an author finishing a series. Yeah, like finishing the last book in somebody else's series. Like, I'm sure the people that are doing this are intimately familiar with his work and his process, and they're going to do it with such care. They ha- kind of have to do it a limited run though, because it's probably not going to be the highest quality mm-hmm. thing we've ever seen, and none of Sondheim's stuff has ever been uh, commercial right. successes. Like none of it, none of it has had the staying power of our good friend. Andy's work for some reason. For some reason. But let's stay on the Sondheim train. On that Sondheim train. Where else do you want to take us? Next stop. (laughs) Before today, when I found out about Paolo and Brandy, the Broadway news from this week that I was over the moon most excited about is it's just a rumor. But I am manifesting. Just a rumor. With every fiber of my being. Mm -hmm. Because the rumor is that Disney Plus has bought the streaming rights for a pro shot of Sweeney Todd. Of Dear Evan Hansen? That's pretty cool. Are they going to, they're going to do it better than they did the movie, than the movie was done? Are they going to get him to walk out of parade to go do Evan Hansen again? Man, he's going to look so old. Ryan, I'm sorry. There was a little lag there. I missed it. What <laughs> show are we talking about? We're talking about Sweeney Todd. We're, We're talking, talking about, about Sweeney Josh Todd. Groban and Annalise Ashford and Jordan Fisher and Gaten Matarazzo and everybody, and all everybody of everybody, in this. and all the death, all the dead pies. Gosh, that would be so cool. It would. I would and love I, to see that. I found out, and I immediately ran up and I told Chase because. We are going to Chicago at the end of April to see the End of the Woods tour. Okay. And originally the crazy plan was to go to Chicago to see the End of the Woods tour and then fly from Chicago to New York to see Sweeney Todd and then fly back. Okay. That's a pretty pretty good weekend. Yes. However, uh, life then kind of got in the way. Sure. And that became no longer feasible for us. Happens. Um, and unfortunately it was the New York portion of the trip. Chicago's a little easier to get to. Chicago is easier and Into the Woods is, uh, a symbolic, um, thing in case our listeners are not aware. I don't remember if I mentioned this last week or not. Um, but my podcasting partner over on the Fairy Tale podcast did, um, pass away last month mm-hmm. from cancer and... We were going to go see Into the Woods together in Chicago. It was one of the last things we talked about before he went into the hospital right at the end. Um, We found out that the tour was coming and he texted me. He's like, do you want to go see a show together? And I was like, absolutely. And we were making plans to go see this show in Chicago. And so I feel the need, you know, to go and see this show Mm -hmm. for him. Sure, for sure. And be an absolute emotional wreck through the entire thing. Yeah, you'll never be able to see that show again. No. After this one. No. Which is no. a shame because <laughs> Ghostlight Media <laughs> podcast members 
are in a production of Into the Woods in Cleveland the mm-hmm. week after this production. And I was like, I don't know. First of all, I don't know if I can see Into the Woods twice in two weeks and be emotionally that's stable. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. But also, I don't feel like it's fair to go see the the Broadway tour with Gavin Creel and Stephanie Block yeah. and then immediately turn around and go see our good friends, Zach and Nikki, who I am sure are going to do phenomenally well. They're going to give phenomenal performances. Yeah, but... But they're not Gavin Creel and Stephanie Block. No. It's a very, uh, very specific group that is on this tour. Yeah. But if if this, this Sweeney Pro Shot rumor is real, I will be over the moon excited. But I'm trying not to get my hopes up because we are inundated right now with shows that have had pro shots filmed and streaming platforms Mm -hmm. will not pick them up yeah which i do not understand yeah i think the difference here would be that most of those pro shots are happening and then nobody's nobody's biting like nobody's taking a chance on them and they're just not they're not going anywhere if disney is paying for it ahead of time right that's very different. I'm sure part of that's Josh Groban and part of that's him just, just playing their beast in the yes. uh, Beauty and the Beast anniversary thing. But also, this is this is a can of worms here, but the best pro shot ever done Disney did with Hamilton. Yeah. So they have they have the track record to maybe pull this off. They put a crane in that theater yes. for Hamilton. Yeah, and I, I they think put a crane in there. I think isn't it the same director? Am I making that up? Uh, I might be making that up. Tom, is, uh, Tommy Kale? I think yeah. so. Yeah. And so I think he's already got that history with doing yeah. a pro shot for Disney+. Plus. So I think that all of those things are helping and all of those things are making me more optimistic that this could exist. Yeah, Tom, Tommy Kale is the director of the revival. So he has a track record of this. Um, so that's got to play into it. So Disney can trust him. So there's there's a lot to this actually. Now that we're like diving into it, I I really hope this is true. Um, it would I be want great. it so badly. And then uh, as soon as that happens, and as soon as it comes out, and we can watch it, we will devote at least an entire episode. Oh my god! To uh, Sweeney Todd v Sweeney Todd, and we'll watch the Depp film. Oh, you know, my favorite concept framing device for a production of Sweeney Todd was from the staged concert that they did a few years with ago the ribbons. with the ribbons, but with um, with Emma Thompson playing Mrs. Lovett and somebody mm-hmm. famous whose name I should know playing Sweeney. And it was it was presented as a staged concert. So the actors, the performers were going to be outstanding in front of the orchestra, dressed to the nines, tuxes and gowns. Audrey McDonald played the the beggar woman mm-hmm. in that one as well. Like it was big names, you know, standing in front with their scripts in on music stands and binders and, and singing stage concert, if you're not familiar. Yeah. And then during... The opening during the overture as they're singing Attend the Tale of Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. Like the actors start 
closing their binders and throwing them on the ground and then knocking over the music stands and then going and destroying like the vase of flowers and pushing all this stuff over and just absolutely wrecking the stage and they turn it into just a fully mounted production. It's so good. It's so incredible. It's so good. And I think that one is the turning point Mm -hmm. for when stage concerts started to be a little bit more. Because people went, okay, if we just spend an extra, like, two days in rehearsing for this or an extra week, like, we can do so much more and still call it this and it only costs so much. Yeah. Um, The Sweeney was um, a man named uh, Bryn Turfel. Yeah. Um, And that one, uh, uh, opera, uh, bass baritone. Yeah. Ring cycle, Falstaff, Marriage of Figaro. Well, and everybody did such a great job. And who was, Toby and Anthony were big names in that one, too. Uh, Audra McDonald was in it, Philip yeah. Quast, Aaron Mackey, and some guy named Christian Borle. Yeah, Christian Borle. That's some, yeah, that, yeah that, whoever that guy, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he was Pirelli. Um, yeah, he was, he was pretty good. They just had so much fun with it, and it was just like, they built a prop piano that you didn't know was a prop piano until the actors went and flipped it. Yeah. <laughs> and they Day used- Armstrong Johnson- Jay Armstrong Johnson was Anthony, and Kyle Bren from that West Side Story revival was uh, Toby. Mm -hmm. I haven't thought about this in a minute. Oh, I love this production deeply. And you can watch the whole thing on YouTube, or at least you could a few months ago. So yeah, Sweeney Pro Shot. Hope it happens. Sweeney Pro Shot. Uh, Let's stay in the film realm for a second. Um, because uh, there's a, a, a little movie coming out that's a, uh, a going to be a movie version of a musical that's a musical of a movie. I think I, I think I follow. It's a movie, the movie version of the musical, and the musical was previously a movie. Right, okay. Right, and there's nothing confusing about that at all. I'm, of course, speaking of Mean Girls. <laughs> It's also not the one I thought you were talking about because I forgot we we had Mean Girls on our list. And I was going to correct you. You were going to correct me? Okay. I was going to correct you because I thought you were talking about something different. And if you were talking about that thing, you got something wrong. And it's my moral duty. Somebody has to correct me. Yeah. Most people won't. Uh, additional casting. Uh, Mahi Alam and Connor Ratliff are the latest to join. Um uh, Alam will play the mathlete Kevin, the rapper mathlete. Uh, Janice is played by Ali uh, Cravalo still. Like, this cast is top to bottom. Um, yes, but I am going to ask this question. How old are Busy they? Busy Phillips is in this now. Ooh, good question. Because uh, Jenna, Jenna Fisher's going to play Miss Heron. Okay. Jenna Fisher's going to play Katie's mom. That's great. Uh, but I... Tina, Fle- <laughs> Tina Fey is officially playing her role again. That's beautiful. But I do, I do have to be the broken record on this and remind y'all, Mean Girls is set in a high school. Sure These is. parts should be played by high school-aged actors. Uh, Jaquel Spivey is going to play Mean Girls. He will also be in A Strange Loop this summer in London. That's exciting. So that's cool. Uh, he's going to play Damien, uh, which is exciting. So that means Damien, Damien will be black. Glad we get to do that. I don't see his birthday on his bio. Broadway world failing me. I don't think I can easily tell you how old these people are. Um, Renee Rapp is playing Regina, though. She's going back in to do that. 
She's probably the youngest of them. I think she's like 21 or 22. Okay. It's not as bad as it could be. Yeah, this is going to be great. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. See where I thought you were going when you set this up. Where where was I going, Cassie? I thought you were going to the newest Disney live action cast that was announced yesterday. Which was... You mean um, Hercules <laughs> at the paper mill? Um, I'm also very excited for Hercules at the paper mill, like... Okay. 100%. Oh, you, oh, sorry. You, you meant um, new casting for Aladdin. I think it just hit 10 years. <laughs> nope. You're talking no. about that Disney production? Nope. Nope. Okay. Um, are you talking about uh, uh, Lion King still going? And that's going forever. They have to have new people. Lion King is, and I'm going to see it in Toledo in like a month. And that's, I've never okay, seen it before. Cool. I've never seen it before either. <sighs> I've had the opportunity to see Lion King like six or seven times. And every single time it just hasn't happened. And the last time I had the opportunity to see Lion King, I was supposed to see it on March 29th, 2020. So that obviously didn't happen. That did not happen. No, and it there taken, were other things going on in the world. It has taken them two seasons to bring it back to the Stranahan in Toledo. But they are honoring the tickets of everybody who was going to see it in 2020. So I am, well, that's good. I am that's good. going to see it. You do and... get to go back and see that. That's great. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, but no. I'm just like, what other musicals could they possibly be doing? Are uh, Frozen 2 going to go on stage? Is that what's happening? Uh, no, Musical but you're sequels. getting warmer because... Uh, I'm getting not colder? Not colder because one of the actors in this project is Josh Gad. Oh, yes, yes. Everyone's favorite uh, Gaston. Yes. So the actors that have been announced for this project. Not Gaston. What am I saying? I don't know. I was just going with it, man. Oh, man. Oh, no. You're being purposefully ridiculous, and I'm just letting it roll. Oh, boy. I would pay good money to see Josh Gad play Gaston. I would, too, uh, to be honest. I'd love to see him go against Type in that way. I would love it. And then we cast LeFou against Type at the same time. We just switch them. Just done. But no, Josh Gad was just announced as Quasimodo. In a live action remake planned for 2025 of The Hunchback of Notre Dame, alongside Gal Gadot as Esmeralda. Seems, seems, Chris a little Evans old, but all right. as Phoebus. Great. Yeah. But she looks ethereal and immortal, so it'll be fine. That's Chris point, Evans yeah. as Phoebus, which I'm excited about. That's, look, let's do it. Let's do it. And then. There's Peter more. Capaldi. Oh, Peter Capaldi as Frollo. Delightful. Delightful. Anybody else? I th- Those are the four that they announced. Okay. Now, the poster that I saw when I was trying to verify this, because I just saw it on a TikTok. When I was trying to verify this, I did see a poster that had some other names. Okay. Um, Imelda Staunton and Jack Black were also on that poster. Is Jack Black going to play all of the gargoyles? I imagine Jack Black and Imelda Staunton are slated to play Gargoyles, but that has not officially been announced yet. But my question is, is this going to be... Rated R? (laughs) Yeah. It should be. I want to see a rated R Hunchback. I feel like if you're doing Disney's Hunchback, you have to keep the music. But yes. they haven't always. They they When they did their live action Cinderella, when they did their live action Mulan, they did not keep the music from the animated movies. They, they uh, yeah, yes and no, but your point is valid. 
<laughs> Personally, I don't know if Chris Evans and Gal Gadot and uh, Peter Capaldi can sing. Yeah, but if... I know Josh Gad can sing. I don't know if the other three can sing. If Hunchback doesn't have music, it's just too dark. It's just... The, well, it's and if it so doesn't have music, it's dark. just the book. Yeah, and it's just the book. It's bo- just yeah. a movie adaptation of the book. Yeah, it's... Uh, there has to be music in it. There has yes. to be. It would explain why, even though there's a very good stage version of this, a very dark, very good stage version of this, it has never made it to Broadway. If this is that answer, great. I would encourage people to go watch because you can go watch the um, La Jolla Playhouse version on YouTube yeah. of this Hunchback with Michael Arden and Patrick Page. Like it's and Sierra Renee. It's phenomenal it's it is really, so really so good. so good it should have transferred to broadway and i'm still mad that it didn't you can thank frozen um, for that one yep and i love the stage musical i absolutely do um but i'm intrigued by this casting for a live action version of this movie mm-hmm. i would love it if the gargoyles were just nixed entirely because i hate them that's fine they did a gargoyles tv show they got that that's fine <laughs> The way that they do the gargoyles in the stage musical, I like a lot. But the actual gargoyles from the animated film are horrendous. Yeah, they tried to be comic relief, and they had to have them. Uh Uh-huh. Sure did, for that movie to be PG. (laughs) Yeah, this will be very interesting to see, because there's so many different ways they could do this. But it's also one of those stories, and one of those one of those adaptations that it feels like it's so easy for them to get it wrong oh yeah no it's always super easy for them to get it wrong and no matter what they do it's going to be polarizing opinions because it always is and there's a lot of people who look at the stream of live action remakes that disney's doing right now and are like is this necessary did we need this uh some people would say no some people would say yes to some of them and then the smart people in the back would say they're trying to keep their copyrights <laughs> yes, that's they want that's to valid. keep them out of the public domain. They do, and I would say it depends on the project. Like, I love the live action Cinderella remake. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Mia, Mia, uh, 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 Lily James, Lily James. Mia did the sorry. Mia did the Alice movie. Mia did Alice. Um, I really like the Cinderella remake. I really like the Beauty and the Beast live action remake, but I know that that's a polarizing one. I, I have thoughts and opinions about it. I like it a lot. And there's parts I'm like, eh, yeah. but I really like the Beauty and the Beast. There's some elements that need some... They need some tweaking. They need some whatever. But that's, Revisiting. That's, that's, but they all do, right? But we don't even talk about the yeah. Lion King one. like that. Oh, or the Lion Jungle King, Book. completely unnecessary. Jungle Book, no. I'm going to say... Maybe my most polarizing statement of this podcast episode, but maybe not. Uh, Beyonce was the weakest link in the Lion King movie. Hey, Cassie, can I tell you a secret? Uh Uh-huh. I didn't watch it. I watched it once. Is it? Okay. All right. Just curious. If you had to pick, if if you had to sit down and watch one of these films front to back all the way through, couldn't walk away, couldn't be on your phone. The Live Lion King, Cats. Live Lion King. Okay. All right. So there we have we have established at the bottom. Yeah, because at least at least the Live Lion King has Billy Eichner. Okay. All right. 
playing Timon. There you go. Yeah. And and that that is worth every minute of screen time. They had they had a and lot Donald of Glover, names. Donald, yeah, they, they had a did. lot of names. Donald Glover, he voices Simba and does a great job. Seth Rogen is Pumbaa, does a great job. Beyonce as Nala doesn't hold up to the other voice actors. Funny how that works, huh? She can sing. Oh, I, well, she's Beyonce, so yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. But but Nala sings what, once? Yeah, Nala sings Can You Feel Love Tonight. I mean, it's a big like song. Like a verse Like it's it. a big song, but not that much of it. Yeah. To warrant a casting. And the, mm, okay. the voice acting doesn't hold up. But John Oliver as Zazu? Yeah. Inspired. The vocal acting talent in this movie, superb, on par. But I'd rather just overlay it with the animated. Sure. You would listen to this movie. I would listen to this movie happily. Absolutely. You know, uh, there's some things that end up on Broadway that you're like, I don't care about that, but oh my gosh, I need to see this thing, and how does it work? The Life of Pi? We've seen now some footage of how the tiger works. I am here, 100%, for all of this emerging puppetry work in some more artistic endeavors. Like, yes, we've got puppetry Mm -hmm. work in, like, Frozen. Yeah. Not quite the same, though. Not quite the same. Mm -hmm. And there's puppetry work in Lion King, but again, it's a different style. It's a different style, yeah. But, like, the the tiger puppet in Life of Pi, the Aslan puppet in, like, a British production of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That was so good. And it's, like, these are, like, three-person giant puppets, like, larger Mm -hmm. than life size. It feels like it goes back to the... Daniel Radcliffe Equus from like 10, 12 years yes. ago. Like that's kind of when this started. There's a production of War Horse that mm-hmm. did a similar mm-hmm. thing. Um, but I am so here for these giant multi-person puppets. Yeah. Because like with the frozen puppetry, especially with Sven, they're trying to make you forget that there's a person manipulating right. that. Yeah, it's not about this whole like beautiful, artistic, immersive thing. Say They do the same thing with Olaf. There's um the Winnie the Pooh that just happened and is yes. still happening and it's touring England now. It's going I think. to London. Going to London. Yeah, it's yeah. going to London. They did the same thing. Works for Winnie the Pooh really well because it's kind of more kiddish, right? It's a little bit more approachable yes. for kids. It's not this like, hey, we're gonna make this uber realistic tiger that might actually bite your face off, stay away. Yeah. But this is really embracing the theater of the mind. Mm -hmm. element where we are not trying to disguise the fact that this is being manipulated by people we want to show you that process and at the same time it becomes this very fluid very graceful very beautiful choreographed visual extravaganza Mm -hmm. and i'm here for it this puppet work was gorgeous it was incredible uh and it was so tied to the set Like, it was so intrinsic to the environment that got built for this. The the scene that we saw is uh, with the guy in the boat trying to fend the tiger off. And that's so we're seeing an action sequence. You can find it, Broadway World Theater Mania. It's all over the place. Um, It's so good and so complicated, but also pretty Mm -hmm. simple to like. Yeah. They're taking a very, very, very complicated thing and just doing doing it as simply as possible and as specifically as possible, which is how this works. 
and how this doesn't turn into another King Kong. <laughs> right. Which took, what, what was it, like eight people to do King Kong and then also people doing the robotics of it? Like, like uh, that was a, that's a whole other thing. Whole other thing. Yeah. All right. By my count, we still have like five pieces of news. So like we're gonna we're gonna lightning round this rapid fire. We're gonna lightning round this rapid fire. All right, here we go. Stunt casting. Olivia Holt sets Broadway debut as Roxy Hart in Chicago. Uh, she was in Cruel Summer, um, and then she was also one of the leads in Cloak and Dagger, that short-lived TV show. Um, and uh, Chicago continues to exist because they continue to cast anyone who is willing to put their hand up. They have also announced the complete cast of Back to the Future, the musical. Uh, we have known for a while that Roger Bart is going to play Doc Brown, which is perfect casting. Um, but joining him and Casey Likes as Marty McFly and Hugh Coles as George McFly, they've now announced Liana Hunt is playing Lorraine. Jelani Remy is playing uh, Goldie Wilson, Marvin Berry. And Nathaniel Hackman is Biff. And they've also announced the full ensemble as well wonderful that'll be interesting to see can't wait to see how they decide to do that on broadway it sure will uh another show that uh started out in the west end and we'll see what happened uh is receiving some pretty good reviews as it transfers from Cheltenham to london the great B- british bake-off musical is apparently pretty good and very heartfelt and just delightful uh this says uh you didn't know you needed it is this reviewer's t- title and uh it's it's i guess it's great we'll see there's got to be more i will to be it. honest i'll be honest when i first heard that this was a thing i was incredibly skeptical i was like absolutely not this is just ridiculous then i watched the like promo video that they put out mm-hmm. and i was like no everybody in this show is having the time of their life yeah they look like they're having so much fun and i can't not be here for that it uh, ends with, uh, will it win Olivier Awards? Probably not, but it probably doesn't want to. <laughs> exactly. I love that. All right. That. Great. It's like shucked. Whatever that is. It's a corn musical. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. If somehow you have gotten this far in uh, the life of Shrek the Musical without seeing it, you will have the opportunity to see a new U.S. national tour, which is launching in 2024. Jeez, I don't know how you've avoided Shrek <laughs> up to this I don't point. Either. Like, I don't know how you've done that. Anyone? It's one of the few pro shots in the world. You can watch it on Netflix, and it's a pretty good pro it's, shot. It's pretty good. Shrek is Shrek with the money and the actors behind it is way better <laughs> yeah. than it has any right to be. It's true, and and my feelings on Shrek, by and large, are what i like about it i absolutely love and what i hate about it i absolutely despise yeah there are about five or six songs that i never want to hear again and then like five or six songs that i i could just listen to all the time on repeat no middle ground it'll be interesting to compare those lists they've got to be similar i could listen to i hope so build a wall oh Build build a wall every day of the week who i'd be is one of the best act one closers that's ever been written. Who I'd be is phenomenal. It's so good. Anything Pinocchio sings can go die in a hole. Yeah. Freak Flag is kind of okay, but Freak also okay. it kind of comes and goes, right? 
Yeah, Farquaad songs. Farquaad song. No. Yeah, welcome to Duloc. It's a per- no. We don't need to do any of that. We don't need to go to Duloc. Let's skip Duloc. It is a silly place. Let's not go there. Then they they have all three Fionas in four minutes, and it's just delightful, and yeah. it's so tightly written, and it works every time. So if you've never seen it, it's going to be on tour or watch the pro shot. Year. It's fine. Or watch the pro it's shot. It's Brian Darcy James Brian and Darcy Sutton James. Foster, like. Yeah, like, you can't go wrong. Come on, it's so good. You can't go wrong. I've got one more piece of news that is kind of sad, so let me do that so that we don't end on a bummer. Absolutely. We have lost uh, a true legend. Uh, Shame to Paul. He was Fiddler on the Roof's longest-running Tevye. He died uh, at the age of 87 after a battle with Alzheimer's. Uh, He's also the Tevye in the film adaptation uh, he's a Israeli, and uh, he he is so intrinsically related to Fiddler. Um, his farewell tour of the United States was in 2009, and at the time that it was estimated that he had performed this role more than 3,500 times. Wow, which is astounding. That is a legacy. He was uh, he was in a James Bond film. He was in For Your Eyes Only. He was uh, Galileo in Galileo. Uh, he was uh, Dr. Hans Zarkov in Flash Gordon. And then also, uh, you know, something near, to dear, near and dear to your heart, Cassie. He uh, voiced Hagrid in the Hebrew language dubs of the first two Harry Potter films. That's phenomenal. I love that. Phenomenal. He does have a Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame star and was given the Israeli prize for lifetime achievement, one of the country's highest honors. So rest in peace to him. And uh, I still don't want to watch Fiddler. Valid. I still don't want to watch it, but that's impressive. Just like I don't want to watch Jesus Christ Superstar, but the same dude did like 12 years of shows. You got any other news over there? You got anything hanging yeah, on? Yeah, we did this very unevenly. I have I have three more things. Oh, that's fine. Um, that's fine. <laughs> to do one more kind of sad thing, there was a production in progress of a play with music adaptation of Emma Donahue's Room, which mm-hmm. I was very intrigued by because yeah. that's a dark story. And I think sure that is. with the right direction... And the right set design, you could do some really astounding things with it on stage. Um, but unfortunately, they have lost their lead producer. And so that progress is at a standstill. I hope that they're able to find someone to replace them because I would really like to see what comes of this project. And I hope that it isn't dead on arrival. There's so few really unique Broadway things. Um, yeah, hopefully we get to see how they do this. But yeah, money rules all. It's a business. Yep. And then um, Merrily We Roll Along with Daniel Radcliffe, Jonathan Groff, and Lindsay Mendez is transferring to Broadway. I think that's news that we've had for a while, um, but that's still exciting. Another Sondheim on Broadway, which I realize that's we're fine. getting Let's all of that it. because he passed away, but I don't care. It's fine. They're Anything good. we can do. They're good. Yeah. And, and his shows are the kind that it, it kind of feels like. They need to do it the first time, like the original casting, and do it and do it as well as they can, and then kind of let it sit and let people kind of figure it out, you know, like doing it yeah. 10, 15, 20 years later and people going, oh, okay, this is what it means. This is how we can do it. This is 
ways that we've seen it work and not work in other places, it kind of feels like one of those scripts. Um, but I have I have seen the video mm-hmm. of uh, Daniel Radcliffe performing. I don't even remember the title of the song, but um, whatever it is, very quickly as he's like directing music and writing notes and talking and mm-hmm. doing all of these things. And it's very very quick and it's very very good. Is Dan is is Daniel Radcliffe a Broadway star now? If anybody was wondering, like, mm, Daniel Radcliffe, is he really that great? Or are people just casting him to coast on Harry Potter fame? No, he's really that good. He's really that good. It's been too long for it to have been otherwise. Yeah. And he's done too many things. Done, like, yeah. um, and if he's holding his own against Jonathan Groff and Lindsay Mendez. Yeah, that would not work if you couldn't hold your own. And, of course, we got the announcement of the parade cast recording with uh, Ben Platt and Michaela Diamond and the rest of the Broadway cast, which is very exciting. And that feels like something you listen to on vinyl. Yeah. You know, like that's what it feels. Same with the Sweeney. I want to listen to this new Sweeney Todd on a vinyl. Like just sit in a room with a whiskey and a vinyl and just let it play. Get some great speaker. Like that feels like a whole night. That feels great. Yeah, I'm going to need the cast recording of this revival of Sweeney. Like right now. Sooner rather right than later. Now. Please and But yes, you. I am excited to have a recording of Ben Platt and Michaela Diamond singing All the Waste of Time because. Yes, please. I desperately need yes, that. Yes, please. Every time, every time they play clips, it's always the same freaking song. It's, it's not over yet, which don't get me wrong, is a great song. But I want to hear all the wasted time. Yeah, and that comes out soon, right? Soon. Pretty soon, before the end of the month, I think. End yeah. Of, before the end of March. Well, when we get more news of more cast recordings and all of these things, we'll be sure to bring them to you. But we have come to the part of the show where Cassie is a liar. Yep, every week. It's where I tell you that I'm a liar. Yep. Oh, boy, Cassie, you're really testing the friendship over here. <laughs> I know, and it is not going to be the last five years or Peter and the Starcatcher. The board um, rethought that decision, especially with the musical, and was like, we don't feel like we can let you do this with eight-year-olds. And I went, that's fair. Okay, well, I have, for the first time that in the uh, history of the show, beforehand written down my, my, my guesses. <laughs> I thought you were going to say for the first time you have serious actual guesses for what the season might be. Oh, no. (laughs) Are you kidding me? No, no, no. I will find out. I will find out from the board president when our official announcement date of this season is. So that my last time can be actual. So that your last guess can be like an actual serious guess. Like an actual serious guess. Hopefully that'll be next episode because Hopefully. I don't want to delay our announcement much longer than that. <laughs> so um, it's interesting that um, they turned it down because of too small, too small cast. Because I picked uh, two shows that um, don't have a lot of people in them. Okay, well, but um, I think I think they're both and they're both a little bit more older kid themed, older teenager themed. Uh, but right. you know. The little kids can do other shows, right? I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, so I have down here for your straight play um, that you're really feeling the need to uh, educate uh, the Horizon students on, like, deep theater lore 
and the importance Absolutely. of theater history, which is why you're doing Mother Courage, which I thought was an interesting selection. For sure. Listen, I I aim to do nothing if not push the envelope. Clearly. What I'm actually doing is remounting the BGSU production from 2010, complete with lightboard failure in the middle of Act 2. Well, that's not... You guys have a nice new theater that you share with Black Swamp. You don't want to destroy that yet. Mm. It won't. We won't really destroy the lightboard. We'll just make you think that the lightboard's being destroyed. Because remember, this is Brecht. That is very Brechtian of Right? You. It's that very, very Brechtian. Brechtian. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I can't believe you guessed Mother Courage and her children. Like... Listen, I took uh, Brecht summer boot camp with one Dr. Jonathan Chambers uh, when I was a grad student. And at the end of this uh, six-week intensive, it's like I it's the worst my brain has ever felt. We all had to uh, write uh, about Brecht and the Brechtian style. And then we had to perform our essays, these very academic essays. Um, so I literally just walked around the room in circles and turned the lights on and off at seemingly random places. And that was that was it. So I had technical cues and blocking for my Brecht essay. It was great. I got an A. The children need to learn their theater history. Absolutely. Know who else is going to teach them. Right. Yeah. That's not a class you get in high school. No. No. Uh, speaking of things uh, that parents and adults don't teach you in high school, um, I am very glad to know that you're going to continue pushing the envelope with your uh, musicals. Um, and uh, this one does uh, allow for a couple of adults. So I would like to call dibs on adult man. Okay. Just now, I'd like to just put my name in, just slot that in there, um, because I have not gotten to uh, perform Spring Awakening and I would love to. Oh, boy. <laughs> you're really pushing how far I'm willing to take this joke, Ryan. So it's 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 great that you're going to do Spring Awakening. It's an important show. Um, I, I don't know how you got that past the board. Maybe they didn't know what it means. Maybe when they Googled it, they Googled it wrong. Listen, Liz is the president now. Anything goes. <laughs> Actually, Liz would probably say yes to that. Be like, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, do that. You got the kids for it? You got the people who can sing it? Absolutely, let's do that. Let's figure it out. The thing is, I do have the kids for it. If I was doing it this year. Yeah. Next year, I'm not going to have enough guys. It's going to be a, a stretch. Yeah. But this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Spring Awakening. That's a bold choice. I'll say that for myself. Yeah, I'm very proud of you. you just pushing the envelope constantly. Thank you. Thank it's, you. It's, I try. it's important and necessary and needed. Because um, where else are they going to learn? Yeah. 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 It's a safe place and they need to explore, you know, some of these songs so they can just get totally. F- We're a family friendly show, Ryan. I was quoting the show. I was mm-hmm. saying a song title. You sure were. I might bleep that out. Yeah, probably. Probably a good idea. <laughs> so, yeah, you heard it here first. HYT's next season, Mother Courage and Her Children. And Spring Awakening, because I am trying to get fired. (laughs) Even though you've been lying to me for months now, 
Um, yes. I'm really glad to know that we finally come to a conclusion on this finally bit, have. and that there's no mm-hmm. way there could possibly be any no. more guesses because there's no way to top that. No. So, uh, <laughs> next episode will be Ryan's serious guesses. Uh, I'm gonna have to and actually think about this. Hopefully, I'll be able to say if he's right or wrong in that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see how the timetable falls out. We'll see how this goes. Thank you so much for coming along with us on this crazy weird journey that was this episode. I don't know what I'm going to title this one. Oh, there's so much news that's happened, like, even in just the last 24 hours. It's amazing. Just so much constantly. When it rains, it pours. You can find us on Twitter at By the Ghost Light, uh, and you, we are part of the Ghost Light Media Network. You can find us at on the Patreon. Uh, support the Patreon over there. You can join our Discord and get other cool rewards and check out some of the other fine, fine shows on the network. Shows like Another Path, which I'm on, and Chase Runs, and he just threw us into a amusement park uh, Five Nights at Freddy's video game horror thing. And let me tell you, it's wild and a good time. Cassie, have you ever listened to an episode of Another Path? No, I haven't. But I hear Chase talking about planning episodes of Another Path. Ah, so you can't tell us. You can't talk about it. Right. So I've right. known about the Five Nights at Freddy's thing for a while. Yeah, he's a little too proud of it. Uh, and we still haven't finished it. But it's okay because you and I can say whatever we want about Chase on this podcast because he does not listen to our episodes. This is true. This is true. He doesn't know what he's been signed up for. (laughs) To be fair, he has a lot going on. He does have a lot going on. It's fine. It's a big network. There's lots of moving pieces. There's lots to listen to. We're thankful that he does what he does. Uh, Well, that's going to be all for us this week. Thank you so much. Uh, My name is Ryan. My name is Cassie. And join us next time by the Ghost Light. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.